0: Good afternoon everyone and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! And today is December 27th, Monday. We made it to Monday. Monday's one of my favorite days, by the way. And it's 1230 in the afternoon, and I am right on time doing out my podcast so um what am i going to talk about today well guess what i'm to, first i'm going to talk about restless leg syndrome and how it pertains to like overall mental health and depression and because it's a thing it's a it's a thing and like especially like in recovery and like involved with other comorbidities okay then i'm going to probably talk about well, we'll see what happens after I talk about my main topic. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. i going to share with anyone who's interested out there. Um, it takes a so, super duper um, long time yeah. okay. to boot it up. Um, and so I... Anyways, uh, and now tonight I'm going to not give you some information. Yay! A doctor. Um, which... I forgot what it is, right? You're listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay. I guess we'll see what happens, right? All right, I'm back, everyone, and I'm here to talk about restless leg syndrome and how it pertains to, like, overall depression and mental health. So first of all, last night, I did, I knew I was going to have it, too, because I ate too much sugar in the afternoon. And I said to myself when I ate the sugar, oh, this is going to, why are you doing this to yourself? And last night, um, I went to bed at about, I mean, everything was going okay. I had a very pleasant evening. You know, I've been suffering from depression. My father recently passed away. And I do have problems, you know, already existing. And, you know, with the COVID and all the craziness and the communism and all that. Uh, I have a very high level of anxiety and depression and I deal with it and restless legs doesn't help but I take magnesium to help the restless legs and it also helps with other things but anyways I digress so last night everything was going pretty okay as far as I can remember I remember taking a long walk a really long walk at about 9 o'clock I remember thinking that the night was taking too long because I wanted it to be later than it was because I wanted to go to bed, but it was still only 12.30. But I think I went to bed at about 1.30. I think I laid in bed for about an hour. And then I remember sort of falling asleep. But I remember getting up at about 3.15. You are listening to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. I'm thinking I had restless legs, but then I took more magnesium. I'm taking, this is really important. At night, I'm taking magnesium l 3 innate, l 3 n T-H-R-E-O-N-A-T-E, about, well, I'm taking a lot of it. The dose is two, or it might be three tablets, three times a day, but I'm taking them all at once. I'm taking three tablets, like right before bed, then three tablets in an hour, then three tablets in another hour, and it seems to really help with sleep. Um, and I got up a couple times thinking I had restless legs and this morning I got up early really restless. Now, how I want to talk about this in relation to mental health and other things, you see, I don't know how much of my problem is being caused by other factors. Okay. And so I can only go on my own sense. What I have to determine is what do I think is the problem. Because I don't trust medical people anymore since COVID changed everybody's opinion of what's, uh, I, I could digress, but I'm not gonna. So the thing is that with restless legs, the number one thing is that it, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable in a very weird, not easy to explain way. And it happens at a time of day and night that is also hard to explain away and it's also hard to like the main way to deal with it without medication in my my problem is that I took medications for the restless legs while I was taking those medications they have side effects and the side effects led me into um, some other problems that were previously sort of maybe lying dormant and um, Caused me to have serious problems with drugs, addiction, and now I have destroyed the dopamine parts of my brain. And so, you know, the main key to restless legs is dopamine. And so then they gave me, uh, so then I had to get off of the medications because they eventually ruined my ability to deal with dopamine. And so um, the syndrome that that causes is called dopamine agonist withdrawal syndrome. And when you get off of that and it causes other addictions, that is called post-acute withdrawal syndrome. And post-acute withdrawal syndrome has a set of symptoms that include anxiety, depression. Uh, there's about 10 symptoms. And the dopamine agonist withdrawal syndrome has another set of probably 10 or 15 symptoms. And about eight, of, eight to nine of those symptoms overlap. And so... If I have symptoms from both syndromes, that means I have five symptoms from one, five symptoms from the other, and ten symptoms, ten symptoms that overlap from both that are probably doubly, uh, doubly strong, you know, or harder to deal with. It's frustrating, and so the second thing about rest, so so the thing about restless legs is that the dopamine whole issue, and the discomfort. The second thing is it causes a problem with sleep. And so when you don't get, or when I, anyone, don't get proper sleep, the whole system of the body goes out of whack. And then it causes you or me or whoever to crave things like sugary foods or like, it causes a whole cycle. You know, you crave the crappy food because you're tired, your resistance is down, so you don't pay attention, you eat the bag of Cheetos and the Reese cup. Then later that night, (sighs) later that night you have the restless legs even worse because you ate the wrong foods and then the cycle gets worse and worse and worse. And the way out of the cycle, I hate to say it, people that have this problem are not gonna like this answer. The way out of the cycle is you have to be willing to be very uncomfortable for uh, two, three, four days in a row. And that discomfort, and you have to be willing to stay up later than you really want to stay up, walk around when you don't want to walk around. You have to just get, the, 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 the ticket for me, the ticket for me is, it's a three-pronged fork Prong number one is to try to adjust my sleep so that I'm not attempting to sleep at the time that the restless legs is at its worst. Now, the problem with that is that it seems that anytime I go horizontal, that the restless legs gets aggravated just by being horizontal. So, you know, there are times of day when it's better and I do use a slant on my bed you know, uh, an adjustable bed. But key thing is to try to not go to sleep until after you're sure that the restless legs flare-ups are pretty much gone. And mine usually, like if you can establish where there's a pattern, okay, like what I found out is that there's a pattern and the pattern is more or less the same all the time, I can predict. And so I can predict that if I go to bed at 2.30, I might be in bed uncomfortable for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. If I go to bed at 1.30, I might doze off and then wake back up at like 2.45 for a half an hour. But between 2.30 and 3.30, sometime in that general range, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later, I can generally expect a bad flare-up of restless legs. And if I eat sugar earlier in the day or especially like around 6 o'clock at night or even like 4 in the afternoon or 3, Anytime after 12 or 1 is really a bad news. Then that I could expect that flare-up to be stronger and longer. Okay, stronger and longer. And could be in my arms, which is really disquieting. What it feels like is when you bang your funny bone on the edge of a table. But imagine that on both arms all the way from the shoulder to the wrist. And the only thing you can do about it is just be squirmy. You know, like that's all you can do is get up and move around. And somehow being vertical is better than being horizontal so the first thing foremost is just try to find the pattern and try to adapt your sleep uh time cycle to that pattern okay for me the hardest time is in the morning the Dave Fremlin show is now available on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. You like listening to the Dave Fremlin show? Don't forget to follow me and subscribe to my podcast and share me with a friend. Thank you and have a nice day. Because um, the hardest time is really the last hour before bed because I really just need to stretch it one more hour and I'm just too tired to figure out something to do. And then the second part of that is it's really hard in the morning because I want to wake up and hit the ground running and what i really need to do is hit the ground sedentary while i can you know like be sitting while i can sit is really the key and so um so i don't use up my energy See, the, the the real key is energy management you know if i'm awake at the wrong time i'm using up the energy at a time when i don't need it and then i'm trying to use my trying to do things when i don't have the proper energy to do them and it really doesn't work the second thing is to try to have a tolerance for the restless legs, okay? So tolerance is very important. Try to increase the tolerance. I try to not move around for longer and longer periods of time, depending on the level of discomfort. You know, sometimes I'm just so tired, I just would rather lay in bed with the restless legs and get up and walk around. So at that point, the tolerance level... I can stretch the, at, at that level right there. At the point where I'm laying in the bed and I have the restless legs, I'm like, do I really want to get up and walk around? At that point, I can make a decision to stretch my tolerance right there. I can go three more minutes, five more. I can make a decision in that moment. Do I want to get up and walk around? I can stretch the tolerance. I can try to tolerate it a few more minutes. Okay, So that's key. And then the next thing is also an adjustment in diet you got to be careful what you eat um, I think those are the three prongs yeah three prongs okay so that is those are the key to the restless legs now how it affects the mental health because this is really important what I have found the longer that I stay off the medications and off of the drugs and all the other kind of things that jettison off of that like bad foods and whatnot what I have found is that when I, because Restless Legs does affect my mental health in a very adverse way, and because I took the medications that also caused a dopamine agonist withdrawal syndrome, which, believe me, the symptoms are very, there's probably 15 to 20 symptoms that are ranging from pain to mental health to mood swings to you name it. And um, and they're hard to predict. But... Uh, It causes mental health issues, and then I have to adjust to that, okay? And so what I have found is that the more that I can put the restless legs as a priority, and it's really horrible, believe me, to try to make, whenever I make a decision throughout the day, the decision is based on how does my restless legs play into this decision, okay? Okay. How will this affect my sleep later tonight? And I have screws in my foot, so walking around is sort of like I have to really concentrate on where and when I'm going to walk around. So in order to maintain good mental health and have the restless legs syndrome and not take medications, the first things I already talked about. The second thing is that making the restless legs as a top priority in my decision-making process means that all decisions come out of how will this affect the restless legs okay and then since i can keep the restless leg and i believe this is not i'm not making it sound easy i hope because there are a lot of variables throughout the day and it's very even as predictable as it can be it's still there's a lot of dispredictability dispredict ability about it and um so uh, the more that i can keep the restless legs in focus and not do things to exacerbate it the better that my nighttime sleep that the, what i have found is the nighttime sleep is really really key and so if i can go to bed after the restless oh and a fourth prong is to try to not remember the restless legs in the morning. Don't try, oh, did I have, when, oh, what did it, f-? try to just forget it. Because as soon as I forget that I had it, my brain just goes right off of that and the misery goes away. And so, um, you know, the retraining of the brain and um, to try to get, the if I keep the restless legs in focus and then I can get the right foods in my body and the right amount of magnesium and go to bed at the right time and then if I can wake up knowing that I slept well and in the morning if I can just repeat that cycle then if I could get a two or three good days in a row my disposition and my mental health it improves Okay, and I'm not going to say that it improves after one good night Okay, last night was a pretty good night the night before wasn't so bad and I feel better today Okay, but it has taken me and also distraction, okay? I have found, I went away to, um, to Fort Lauderdale for Christmas and I found that the time that I was in Fort Lauderdale and I was distracted, uh, I had a good time. As soon as I got into my home and I went back to the mundanity of my life and the fact that my father recently passed away and that I don't talk to my family, other members, I immediately got depressed again. And so depression goes along with distraction. Distraction is key, but it can't be, I can't live my whole life being distracted because eventually I'll have to come home. So, but today I'm a little bit too depressed. I think I might drive out to the beach. It's only an hour to Daytona. I'm Dave Fremland and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremland Show. And it's supposed to be the world's most famous beach. So I think I would just go out there take a look. But um, so that's, you know, that's my podcast about restless lakes. Now, I'm really concerned um, about the COVID quote-unquote mandates, the new rhetoric about people spreading. There's a new variety of COVID called Omicron, and the Omicron variant is not strong. It doesn't hurt anyone. And it spreads to everyone, and so, like in my opinion, this is the perfect opportunity for everybody to get immune to uh, to this sickness. And I don't understand. Well, I do understand why they are clamping down on these like lockdowns, mandates, vaccines. Okay, there are so many problems with the vaccine, and I only have. Well, I have. I could go off on it all I want, but I'll give you the brief. First of all, there is no reason to take a vaccine when there is not a sickness that is really a problem. You know, if you're going to take va- you got to mandate mandate vaccines for a cold, okay? And you're going to restrict people's life for a cold, okay? First of all, it goes completely against the Constitution of the United States, which means that we're under a government that's not respecting our constitution. So that means that we are already under a foreign or under a a coup. Okay. So the vaccine then becomes a weapon. And now if you take a look back to Nazi Germany, which is where I'm taking my cue from, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but I was raised, nobody else in my family has this education because they didn't go to the Jewish school that I went to. All right, I insisted because I have Jewish heritage that I wanted to know. And so I insisted that I go to the Hebrew school classes every Wednesday and Sunday. And my father very nicely took me. And, um, and I learned a lot about what happened in World War II. And what happened was, how do you think that you get a million, six million Jews into ghettos and concentration camps across an entire continent? How do you think you do that? Okay. How you do it is through fear. You scare the Jews and you scare the non-Jews who live among them. You spread the word that the Jews have a a disease. They're going to catch a disease and then you spread. So that scares the neighbors and then you spread to the Jews. Your neighbors are afraid of you and they hate you and they're going to kill you. And so you make the Jews afraid of the neighbors and the neighbors afraid of the Jews. Then you create a concentration camp You say, look, we could take you. We're going to put you in these ghettos where you will not be bothered and you can just spread disease among yourself and it will contain the disease and the neighbors won't come. You'll be your own neighbors. Okay. Then they come with a train, say, we got to take you out of the community because it's just too dangerous. And you're willing to go because you want to be protected. Okay. Well, the entire premise of the United States is a government's job is not to protect you. The rhetoric that you hear on the news, oh, the number one thing of the government is to protect the people. No, it isn't. It is not. The number one job of the government is to protect and defend the Constitution. And every and each single member of the government in every position takes an oath. They swear an oath to de- defend and protect the Constitution. They do not take an oath to protect and defend the people. It is up to the people to protect and defend themselves, which is why we have a Second Amendment, a First Amendment, a Third Amendment, a Fourth Amendment, a Fifth Amendment, a Tenth Amendment, and all the amendments. If you read the document, you will see that the government's job is not to protect the people, but to protect the Constitution. Therefore, the people can protect themselves. And any other rhetoric is simply BS meant to um, Gaslight you and what I want all my listeners to do all five of you is read the Constitution Okay, it is a very small easy to read document. It's plain English from the turn of two centuries ago It's not that old. It's easy to read. It's easy to interpret You know, it doesn't need interpretation. It says what it needs to say and any questions. There's very easy to document the writings that go behind it, and the history that led to it. So anybody thinks that the government is here to protect you, first of all, it's a lie. And they're telling you that in order to make you think that that's what they do, because governments do not protect the people, period. And I'm going to end there. Okay, my podcast title is Restless Legs and Mental Health and Governments Don't Protect People. The end. Okay, have a good day, The opinions expressed at The Dave Fremlund Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlund and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.